You are listening to an episode of the Beehive podcast, Rubies and Gold. We are so happy you're here. Don't forget to like and subscribe on whichever podcast service you're listening on so you don't miss a thing. And if you're a bit late to the party, welcome. Why not pop back and catch up on any episodes you've missed so far? Hello and welcome to the second episode of our Beehive podcast, Rubies and Gold. I am your host Karen and each episode I'll be welcoming people into our Beehive pod and harassing them for stories for you to share in as you go about your day. Last time I chatted to Becca as we told you the story of before the beginning and so it's only good and right that we now tell you the story of the beginning. I am joined today by Becca again. Hello. And Nick. Hi. Welcome. Thanks. Welcome. Um, So before we get into the proper story, the guests I chat to, some may know you, some Mm -hmm. may not know you. Um, And so to break the ice and help them get to know a little bit about the people behind the voices, we're going to do a quick fire question round, the who are ya section. Fabulous. Um, I'm sticking with it. I'm sticking with the who (laughs) are ya. Um, Becca, you've done it before so you can rest easy. Yeah, you hate it anyway, so that's (laughs) fine. So this is just Nick. Nick, I'm going to fire ten questions at you, quick as you can, whatever pops into your head. I'm ready. Brilliant. Um, Let's go. Okay. What's your full name? Nicola Claire Kimmins. Sweets or chocolate? Sweets. Books, fiction or non-fiction? Fiction. Dogs or cats? Definitely dogs. Pasta or pizza? Both. (laughs) (laughs) Where did you grow up? Uh, Billericay. Wine, red or white? Oh, summer or winter. Depends when it is. How long have you been married to Chris? Oh, no. He'll know the exact answer. I'm going with 16 years. Honestly, oh, now he's going to listen. I get this wrong every time. Beach A number ho- of years. <laughs> Beach holiday or action holiday? Beach. Favourite book in the Bible? Ooh. Uh, Mark. Mark. Nice. Super pacey, loads of stories. Nice. Oh, Chris is going to be like gloating that you couldn't remember. <laughs> he, he, well, he won't be gloating, he'll be rolling his eyes. <laughs> it's absolutely classic. You could have just said too long. Yeah, that would have yeah, no, been, let's re-record that. Bit, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. A number of years, let's go with that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're good, you're good at this. You guys are good at this. I'm Thanks. really glad I'm on this side of the uh, <laughs> questions because I would be terrible. Um, so Nick, you are senior pastor at Numa Church, mm-hmm. which was previously known as Ashford Vineyard, um, and you co-pastor with your husband, Chris. Correct. Um, in the last episode, Becca took the story all the way up to the summer of 2017, um, and that is where you come in. You are the missing puzzle piece in the story. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... You get us from dreaming to reality, quite literally, because in July 2017, you went to sleep of an evening, as one does, um, and you had a very specific dream. Can you tell me what happened in that dream? I can. So um, I was away at a festival and I was actually sleeping in a tent, which in and of itself is a miracle, sleeping <laughs> and in a tent, yeah. um, and had a dream where I was in a shop, and it was like a boutique, had lots of clothes in it, 
and then in the shop some women were going to the till and paying and then some items of clothing had like a red sticker on yeah. and in the dream I could see that when people were picking up red sticker clothing they didn't have to pay and then the dream shifted and I was then in the council offices and I was stood in front of someone at the council saying you need to give me a shop in October um, and uh, and that in essence was the dream and yeah. I had a sense that what it was going to be a clothing shop where some people could pay and some people didn't um, but October was definitely in the dream and the council were involved in that in some way. Brilliant and I remember you telling me the story right back then you said so I woke up and I said to Chris this is my dream and I said what does that mean and he said well I think it just means what it is. Yeah <laughs> exactly what he said he was like this is not difficult yeah. it means that you should open a shop in October where some people pay for clothes and some yeah. people don't and I was like huh okay. <laughs> Genius. Yeah. And um, so, as you said, you were away at the time, um, and then you got back, and you felt like this was something that totally married up with Becca's original dream that you had had chats about before. Um, and so, you wanted to talk to her about joining forces. How did that conversation go? I think it started with some kind of a voice note or message or something saying, I really need to talk to you. I've yeah. got something exciting that I think is linked to what you've been dreaming of. Um, and so invited Becca to come over, um, and then did the whole blah, 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 and then just told her <laughs> the dream, and I was like, I just wonder if this is it, because as you heard in the first episode, um, Becca and I had been spending time together over some period of time, <laughs> trying to work out the mechanics of her dream yeah. and how to make it reality, and this felt like it could be the missing link. Yeah. Becca. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what was running through your head as Nick was retelling this dream to you it's fascinating looking back on it because like i said previously i just had this idea for a cafe and and clothes never crossed my mind never crossed my mind <laughs> i love clothes <laughs> i really love clothes yeah. and but i didn't even think for a moment that that was something that would go together and um it was just it was a total light bulb moment there's no other way to explain it of the yes that is <laughs> it that is the sense. thing um but also a little bit of did you say <laughs> yeah, by this point we were in August yeah. so actually we'd hedged into August yeah. summer holidays and we were already talking about a matter of weeks before yeah. October was upon us yeah oh gosh I've got palpitations thinking back <laughs> um so yeah we're now in August um, and Thousand Hours was coming up which was a kindness project that we launched the year before where we spent the month of October giving hours of time back into the community through little acts of kindness so that seemed like a really perfect fit um for the launch of a pop-up Shop, shop for a month so after some chatting some deliberation you decided together yes this is going to happen yes it's going to be the beehive yes we're joining forces and yes it's going to be open for the month of October but we're now like six weeks away mm -hmm. um, and so first things first you start gathering team Nick I dug out of the archives um, the first email you sent me about it we had chatted <laughs> in person a little bit about it I don't know if you remember we were in Waitrose Cafe okay. and we had a little chat and My you kind of office yeah it was, <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. Um, and we chatted about it and you kind of had told me all about it before and said are you on board and I because I'm insane said yes um, and so then you sent me this email with like the full don download and the plan um, and the body of the email just starts with welcome to the madness yeah. <laughs> which is so true like oh, sums it up very well and yeah. <laughs> um, so looking back now like I don't know if you both feel this way um, but I kind of didn't really process the magnitude of what you guys and us as a team were like about to take on like it was 
massive but we kind of just had to crack on and make it happen so we didn't have time to think about it um but so you've gathered your team you've got people on board who could support you all in like the ways that you needed what were the next steps well we needed a shop yeah. <laughs> yes <laughs> that was pretty big and we needed some stock yeah. yeah and as you said we needed team so um we'd gather team from far and wide just from really inviting people into the adventure yeah. Um, and the shop was obviously a very important piece of the puzzle. We yeah. knew we wanted it to be town centre. Yeah. That was very clear from the beginning. Um, and so, again, long story short, we may go into more of this in a later episode, but I walked the high street yeah. and effectively was just praying and saying, like, I just feel like I need to know where this shop is. Yeah. Um, and ended up walking into uh, one of the estate agents uh-huh. and um, happened to walk in and speak to the owner who happened to be in the front <laughs> desk, which never happens, no, I've now never. known. Um, and I also welcomed him to the madness and said have you got a shop? Do you want to give it to us? And I'd actually mentioned a different shop that was empty. And he said, well, that one isn't available, but, and he mentioned um, a shop just on the alleyway from the churchyard in the town center um, and said, let me speak to the landlord and get back to you. And that came good. And we then had a shop, which we then had a shop and some team and we just needed some clothes. Oh my goodness. (laughs) So you've acquired a building for free for the month of October Mm -hmm. and a little bit either side to like get in and out mm-hmm. um so you're given the keys to middle row armed with a thousand pounds which um as becca said before um was donated by someone just over a year before um, and then mission diy began <laughs> yeah. um so every waking hour one of us was in that space with a paintbrush in hand like i've literally never painted so much pink in my life i hate pink and I've never. And it was very it. pink. It was yeah. very pink. <laughs> it really was. We had to detract from the floor. Yes. yes. Which we'd had to put a screed on the floor, but we didn't have the money to put flooring down. Yeah. So basically, I think the pink was yeah. like a distraction yeah. Yeah. from Don't the, look floor. At the floor. Yeah. Don't look at yeah. the floor. Um, so there was so much to do. There was there was cleaning. There was building a changing room. Um, there was painting, sourcing furniture, which is not even mentioning like reaching out to um, people to refer and getting stock mm. and all of that jazz. Um, but so, genuine question, looking back now, can you actually believe that it got done? Oh no. Like the whole thing feels a little bit like an out-of-body experience. I was also experiencing some massive things in my personal life at the yeah. same time as well. And so I literally have no idea how it got done. Thinking back on it just feels like a, like a dream world almost. Yeah. I know it was largely, like there was huge amounts of people so that were people. helping out into like the early hours of the morning and things like that. But yeah, it just feels very unreal. Yeah, mm-hmm. really unreal. For me, it was it was both. It was a, I had no doubt it was going to be okay yeah. and it was going to work. There was something in me that was like, it's going to get done, it's going to be great. Yeah. And in the natural, I was looking around thinking, this is madness. <laughs> yeah. um, but I think I was carrying both those things at the same time, like yeah. the out-of-body experience yeah. of this is crazy and a complete confidence of yeah. it's going to open and it's going to be great. Yeah. And it did because on the 2nd of October, 2017, five years ago and um, we opened the doors for the beehive for the very first time nick can you talk to me a bit about your memories of that first week open yeah i think um just seeing people come through the door 
and we'd filled the window with balloons before yeah. the opening and that had really created a bit of a stir as people had walked past and were trying to think what was going to happen in the shop. Um, and to see people come in and get more than they thought they would get, yeah. I think that's my memory of the first week. The cakes were great, the clothing was beautiful, yeah. the staff was so welcoming. This little shop that had been empty for a long time, My some of my memories were really about the fact that people kept coming in and leaving with like a huh yeah. of, yeah. wow, I didn't expect it to be this good. Yeah. Um, and that was really precious. And having our first referrals through the door... Um, some brilliant memories of that and team coming together the community yeah. really coming together very first morning we opened I don't know if you remember Becca we had one of our team turn up with a cake yeah um, that had she'd spent hours making it was beautiful yeah. yeah and it had bees all over it and it was just it was beautiful and no one had asked her to do it and in some ways that was the culture of what happened in that first week, people were going above and beyond and we were getting more than we expected. They were just so excited to be part of something, weren't they? Yeah. It was just incredible. And so we know that the Beehive is and always will be from day one, like more than just a shop. And at the heart is a referral system where women who can't afford clothing can come and get it for free. Um, can you tell me like what you remember from that those initial appointments in that shop? So I vividly remember the first one. I didn't. I don't do appointments usually. Um, my brain cannot cope with doing appointments <laughs> well because I'm so I'm so noticing what's going on in the shop as well. So I don't tend to do them. But Nick did the first appointment, and I remember watching it happening vividly. So I hadn't heard all the story. I hadn't heard all of the bit. I'd you know overheard like little bits and pieces, but was involved in her her picking clothes at the end. Um, and she kept trying on this kind of silky green bomber jacket type yeah. thing and then taking it off and going, no, I don't need that. I need like warm jumpers, practical clothing. I think she was in the refuge. So she really just needed some good practical clothing. And we were able to say like, no, like how you, you take that, like yeah. have something that makes you feel really special. And then she had these like two massive brown paper bags. And at the end of her appointment, she picked them up and went, just feel like I've been on an amazing shopping spree yeah. and that was that was our dream it was we'd yeah. literally said we want to, you know women to feel like they've been shopping and yeah. and to feel really pampered by it and she just said those words and and then Nick shared afterwards more of what her story had been and we were a mess yeah. when she walked out the door yeah. and it was just so beautiful seeing that actually the the thing that we'd been dreaming about and this concept that we'd had that we'd be able to give women free clothing actually working out exactly as we hoped it yeah. would in front of us. But not even just the practical stuff. Like, it's the whole concept of the beehive being a place where people can come, they get the practical stuff, but they also get stuff that, like, makes them feel beautiful and valued and that they matter. And, mm -hmm. like, giving them things that they maybe don't need but makes them feel great is just such a different thing to how other like places function so I think that's great what about you what do you remember from the um, there was one lady in particular that I really remember she in some ways was synonymous with the whole pop-up um, experience she turned up at the church building at the warehouse um, having just been released from prison she didn't have any clothing and at the time we were storing quite a lot of the clothing for the shop here at the warehouse mm. um, and so she turned up I gave her a few items of clothing to get her going and then said the shop's going to be opening really soon come in 
And sure enough, she came in and she pretty much came in every day that yeah. the pop-up was open and it became a safe place for her. She was in um, a domestic violence relationship with someone that was also on the streets. Um, she was an alcoholic. She was living a really, really tough life. Mm. Um, and there was one day in particular, I remember that um, she walked into the shop and she'd just been to the police station. She'd had to um, give a statement about some domestic violence that had happened. Mm. And she said, the police said, where shall I take you to? And she said, the beehive. Um, yeah. And for her, that was the place she wanted to come to. Yeah. Um, and she Safety. was a really precious lady who, you know, she, I, I don't think there was a day she came in where she didn't get one item of clothing or oh, a handbag yeah. <laughs> or something, but it just didn't matter. No. You know, it just didn't matter that she was coming and getting more and more things because it was one way we could communicate that she was really loved. Yeah. Um, and another very quick story when you said it's so much more yeah. was we had one lady came in for an appointment and her teenage daughter came in and was sat um, kind of quiet and being teenager in the background, <laughs> yeah. but kept touching this prom dress, kept mm. getting up and looking at it, kind of stroking it, sitting down, and again, and I said to her, would you like to try it on? And she said, oh, no, 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 this is for my mum. Mm. And I said, well, why don't you try it on? Anyway, long story short, she tried on the prom dress, and um, this was October, so her prom wasn't until the following summer. Yeah. She got the dress, but we also arranged for one of our key team members, who was a hairdresser, to do her hair for prom. Amazing. And that happened. So yeah. months later, after the shop closed, that first pop-up, that girl wore that prom dress to her prom, and one of our team members went and did her hair ready for her prom. Oh. Um, and again, it's, it's way outside the month pop-up. These yeah. stories just kept coming and coming. Oh. I love it. I love it so much. Um, so, Becca, in the first week, as you stood in your shop, the Beehive, um, which you had been dreaming about for so long, <laughs> like, what were you thinking and feeling? I think it, it was just this here. I, I can still feel how I felt every morning of the month walking in. I'd drop my daughter off at a childminders and then walk from her house into town and... I was just so excited to get there every yeah. day. And it it very much felt like this is the dream becoming reality. And then it worked. Like every day there yeah. were great stories. Every day we made good money. It was exciting and successful and people were really behind it. And it's that realisation like this works. Yeah. This is it. The dream is here. The dream has got, you know, a home. And, and um Oh, it was, it was just so precious and so special and exciting and scary because it was still the, okay, now what do we do? <laughs> what do we do with this? Now yeah. we know it works. I love that. So, I mean, one month went by so quickly <laughs> um, and masses of people were asking the question like, are you going to stay? Can you just like not shut? What are you going to do? Um, and so I remember a meeting that we had as a core team at that time um, and we were sat upstairs in a makeshift stock room. Um, we were either sat on boxes or on the floor and um, half of us were trying on heels while we were waiting <laughs> for everyone to arrive. I still had the blue ones that I bought that day. <laughs> we didn't have the luxury of chairs, um, but we kind of were chatting about how it was going, what we as a team kind of envisaged for the future. And we all felt like it was it was right to close then. Like, that was the right time. Um, it was supposed to be a month, and it was just going to be that month. But it was kind of a bit bittersweet, really. But um, 
we all felt that it wasn't forever. We weren't closing our doors forever. It was definitely gonna come back. And we even dreamt a little bit about where we would open permanently in the future. We're not gonna divulge that conversation now and um, because we're gonna come back to that um, in the next episode. So listeners, make sure you come back. Um, this is where the beginning story ends, but you know, I love a bit of data. Um, <laughs> facts and figures. Have you got a um, spreadsheet, Karen? Um, no, okay. no spreadsheet, but I do have a lot of numbers. Okay. Um, <laughs> but I'm just gonna give you a couple because we don't have all day. Um, so in that month, we gave away over 1,400 pounds worth of clothes. We had 27 volunteers on shifts over the month, which doesn't include the mass of volunteers who were working like tirelessly in the background. We took just over 4,000 pounds in the shop and cafe. And which then went into paying bills and then sustaining us in storage and then helping us reopen permanently in the future. Like there were countless people through our doors and countless more lives changed. Um, those are the kind of facts and figures that I can never gather, which is a shame because I wish I could. Mm -hmm. um, but hearing all those little nuggets and refreshing your memories of five years ago, how does that make you both feel? So grateful. I think that is the the main thing I feel so grateful for the opportunities that we had to kickstart it in that way um, and for the stories as you say it's just too many stories um, to be able to possibly go into um, but also really proud like I think there was a sense of it was done with excellence whilst we had to scrabble around with not much time it didn't feel thrown together no, and that no. was a, a testimony to the incredible team of people that was involved yeah um, so yeah, really grateful for people's time, um, people's investment, grateful to God for his part in kind of getting things kickstarted Absolutely. and, um, and just so proud of what it was then. And of course we never could have predicted what it would become. <laughs> Not at all. What about you, Becca? I think for me it's that, you know, we started with six weeks with a thousand pounds, no team, no clothes, no shop <laughs> and 27 team that we've got written Just down, on shift, yeah. yeah, is incredible that we quadrupled that money, but also gave away like 150% of that free, yeah. like, you know, um, and, and all the stories and everything that has come out of it, the, the, it, it was like it exploded in yeah. that month, but you know, then which gave us such a great launch pad to be able to to turn it into a permanent thing in the future. Yeah, it was just yeah, it was so special and so precious. And like yeah, when I look back on it, it, it <laughs> there's a lot of feelings for so me. So many feelings. Um, but um, it is just so special and precious. Yeah. Well, I'll be welcoming you both back again. But for now, Nick and Becca, thank you so much for giving me your time and your memories. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Thanks. Thank um, and then everybody else, tune back in next time. Thank you for listening to this episode on Rubies and Gold. You won't want to miss an episode, so make sure you like and subscribe on whichever podcast service you're listening on. We'd also love to hear from you. Reach out and tell us your thoughts, or if you have questions to ask, drop us an email at rubiesandgoldpod at gmail.com and we'll get back to you as soon as possible. Or just stop by for coffee one day if you're nearby. We'd love to see you. <laughs>